Hello, and welcome to episode 29 of the Venture Games Podcast. I'm Chris Quaidu. I'm a venture partner at Griffin Gaming Partners, one of the leading gaming-focused VC firms, and content acquisition lead at Andreessen Beck Harry First, the leading African mobile games publisher. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Troy Jones, co-founder and CEO of Status Pro, and Andrew Hawkins, or Hawk, co-founder and president at Status Pro. Status Pro is a gaming studio that just released the first ever officially licensed NFL VR game, NFL Pro Era. What's going on, guys? Chris, good to see you. We appreciate you having us on. Of course. Thanks for having us, Chris. Thanks for joining me. So to just kick things off, right, for those folks out there who might not know you guys, can we just dive into your backgrounds, specifically leading up to your time at Status Pro? Sure. Hawk, you want me to kick it off or you, you want to take it? Go ahead, take it away. Awesome. So for those who don't know me, pleasure to meet you. Troy Jones, co-founder, CEO, Status Pro. You know, originally my story, it's a, it's a long one, so I'll try to keep it brief. But long story short, I from Baltimore, Maryland, originally grew up as an athlete. Sports was my life. It was going to be a way in which I paid for my college education. So, you know, from when I was six years old, put on a football helmet and fell in love with it ever since. I also played basketball, a little bit of baseball. Was best at football, so kind of stuck with that. I had a chance to play college. I was a quarterback. Got a scholarship to uh, play quarterback at the University of Maryland in Western Kentucky. My playing career was interesting because I had to, I bounced around a little bit. If you know anything about football, if you're the quarterback and you don't play, you try to find the next place <laughs> to play. So um, we started at Maryland, transferred out with junior college, did pretty well in JUCO, got heavily recruited, and then eventually landed at Western Kentucky where I finished up. My major was sports management, but again, was very much somebody who was focused on trying to maximize my, my playing career. Mm-hmm. Um, upon graduating and not making it to, to play at the professional level, I was like most athletes trying to figure out what was the next step and worked a bunch of different random jobs, just trying to find my next passion. Eventually landed at Morgan Stanley, where I got a chance to grip my teeth in finance and mm-hmm. learned very quickly that I wasn't a finance guru. <laughs> <laughs> so um, spent a little bit of time there before getting my first job in sports, which was as an intern at the NFL Players Association. I got the chance to just learn again about the business side of sports, obviously from the player union's perspective, but then also getting a chance to build relationships, you know, at the at the club level, at the league level, and really just get a chance to meet executives and try to figure out where was the opportunity in this space. And during that time at the NFLPA, I met two other gentlemen that introduced me to what mixed reality was, you know, Microsoft HoloLens, which was like the first AR, VR tech I had ever tried. Immediately saw the use case and, and how that could potentially help athletes get better. So I ended up partnering with those gentlemen, working with them to build a training product, which took basically the player tracking data. So the next gen stats, uh, each player wears two chips in their pads throughout the games that tracks their movements and extracts X, Y grid coordinates. We would take that and essentially recreate plays in a life-size holographic version of the play. We took that to the Baltimore Ravens. They became my first client and MVP partner. And from there, I transitioned out of the NFLPA and started pursuing this space in the AR VR space full time. Shortly after that, I met Hawk and I let him kind of give his side of the story, but we had hit it off and saw immediately the same vision and um, always talked about partnering together to Mm -hmm. try to bring it to life. Lo and behold, we went through a few different iterations and about three and a half years ago, came back together and said, hey, let's just take my version of what is now Status Pro and his version and bring it together. We always say, a smaller part of a watermelon is, is better than a whole grape. So um, that's kind of the foundation of our partnership and just who we are as a as company and as a people. And, and obviously, fast forward three and a half years, we're here where we just launched the first NFL, you know, VR game. And, and we're excited to just keep the momentum going. And Hawk, I'll pass it to you. 
Yeah, no, for sure. So my background is I'm, I'm an athlete as well. As you know, played in the NFL for seven mm-hmm. years, played in the CFL two years. Before that, before that, I was actually an NFL scout, was scouting with the Detroit Lions before my playing career kicked off, coached Division One, did sports marketing for agencies. And so I kind of always sat in this like middle ground of wanting to be able to touch sports in every way possible. And while I was playing, and then this was also true before I got to the NFL, because I spent three years after college before I actually got my first NFL shot, that my older brother who played in the NFL as well, when he got done, he wanted to go into coaching and he was told he didn't have enough experience. And for everyone who knows the statistics of the amount of people that make to the NFL is so slim. And I thought it was crazy that someone could be in such a small group selection, but then not have enough experience to continue to monetize or affect that industry. Mm-hmm. So I started building a mobile app while I was in the NFL named Status Pro. And the idea was that how could you take this beyond the status quo and value the actual on field real life expertise in any industry it could be sports it could be venture capital it could be engineering you name it and so I was building this app and going through all those the processes and my whole thought process was like if this is a success people can just copy it and there's going to be companies with more resources and bigger reach that would just wash out the fact that the concept might have been you know introduced by me but I didn't have the scale to be able to make the most of it so as always, you look for your competitive advantage. And I was always trying to stay out in front of the next thing. So I'm like, if I'm constantly transitioning to what's next before the everybody else, eventually the cream will rise to the top. And so in that scenario, I tried to think of what this could look like. And I was thinking more AR than anything. And I was like, it'd be great if in that version of the app where anybody with an expertise could give mentorship, feedback, advice through an app, It'd be great to do that as a hologram where you can Mm -hmm. see them right in front of you. And that's what got me into augmented reality and the headsets, which were really big and, you know, tethered, wired, but like everything, everything goes wireless and everything gets smaller. And so I started cold calling AR and VR companies that I thought, you know, hey, maybe I can pitch them the vision on how this sports strategy could help scale it. And I should be the person to do it. And then I came across an article that talked about a company that was doing that. And I, we reached out, we connected, Troy and I did. He was running that sports strategy for that company. Mm-hmm. And to his point, we seen a very similar vision about what we thought this could go. And the idea was like, they were gonna keep doing their thing. I was gonna keep doing my thing. And you know, maybe down the line, there would be some kind of alliance between the two companies. As he pointed out, their company took a lot of evolutions. I finished up my NFL career. I went back and got my master's degree from mm-hmm. Columbia. Before I retired, I retired. I went on to work as the head of business development for uh, the Spring Hill Company, which is LeBron James and Maverick Carter's companies. Yep. And was doing that while I was still kind of, you know, working on my passion project on the side. Me and Troy reconnected, you know, roughly three and a half, four years ago and said, hey, here's where it is. What does it look like if we come together on this? And yeah, I think that was, it was fate because it's very hard to work with people. We are athletes and we mm-hmm. understand that, as an athlete, especially specifically football, right? And then Troy is a quarterback and I'm a receiver. And I do think there is a deeper analogy to the fact that we work so well together in partnership mm-hmm. because it doesn't matter how good of a receiver you are. If your quarterback is terrible, you're terrible. <laughs> right. And it doesn't matter how good of a quarterback you are. If your receiver is terrible, you're terrible. Mm-hmm. And so this idea to his point of like coming together, we knew we could do something greater than both of us with both of us in the same the same room and, and under the same roof. And 
it has been a godsend since then. And we've been able to do a whole lot in a short mm-hmm. amount of time, things that people did not think were possible. And I think the beauty of it is we feel like we're just scratching the surface, but we know, you know, he's a worker, I'm a worker. And we know when we come together that it, it gives us the best chance we could possibly have as a company. Right. So as far as, you know, two founders, one being uniquely positioned for something and two being well positioned for something, you know, you guys are like pretty close to as good of a fit as possible for what you're building. (laughs) Right. And so just with both of your experience, having played football, how does that actually translate to you guys running your business? You know, I know obviously the networking and the connections are a big benefit that you guys brought that Mm -hmm. other folks couldn't, but in addition to, to those benefits, what are some of the other benefits that you guys see? Yeah, to Hawk's point, I do think that subconsciously the mindset you have to have as a quarterback and receiver kind of play a major role in the day-to-day. You know, I'll let him answer from his side. But I think for me, just the idea of, you know, in team sports, especially football, when you're playing at a high level, you're literally committing countless of hours to training, pushing your body in hopes to win a championship, right? Which is not guaranteed by any stretch of imagination. It's mm-hmm. actually you have more odds not to win it than you do to win it, right? Mm-hmm. So conceptually, being able to take that, which you learn in sports and then apply it to this idea of a startup where essentially the odds are very much against you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a lot of other companies trying to figure it out, but mm-hmm. you're working hard and taking care of what you're supposed to take care of in hopes to get to the ultimate goal. I just think that's just an organic, natural fit and environment that we're used to, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and that directly just comes from our experiences as former football players, but also just even from a company standpoint, you know, I believe half our team is, is former athletes and have played mm-hmm. sports to some level. And I just think that's a big part of our DNA and who we are, because to your point, this, this company, this opportunity is new. VR in itself is still an emerging category. And there's a lot of questions on mm-hmm. but it's going to become ubiquitous, but we've never shied away from the vision. We never mm-hmm. shied away from the work. We never shied away from, you know, the numbers when they didn't look the way that you probably would want them to, 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 mm-hmm. to validate what we were selling when we were out raising money, right? But we just kept focused and stayed the course. And ultimately, that's what led us to, to being able to launch this game. And so far, having a pretty good weekend. So my, that, I would say that's the one thing that we, you know, naturally carry over from our playing days into what we do on a day-to-day here that I think will carry us far down this journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to, to piggyback off of him and to talk about like kind of our football careers. And I always mention this, that we started our collegiate careers as walk-on football players. Mm-hmm. And there's a very small group of people who get to go, you know, full scholarship to a division mm-hmm. one football school. There's an even smaller percentage of the walk-ons that go there and prove they belong and yeah. earn scholarships. And I think that's important because it does correlate to Troy and I, because we don't shy away from the work. Mm-hmm. We don't shy away of what looks impossible. We don't shy away or get deterred by people who, you know, may underestimate us. And then like, it really is who our personalities are. And so I think, if you take anything from our football careers, I think that is our defining value proposition and how we've been able to run our company and do it. And I actually, my sister said this as well. I mean, there's levels, right? Like if you mm-hmm. know Troy's story in football, how he went you know, to school and had to prove himself and had to go to a junior college to prove himself and earn a scholarship and became one of the top ranked junior college quarterbacks in the country you understand there's levels and that's football. Like you do, you have to do a certain amount of things at the high school level. Then you got to go to the college level. Mm-hmm. Right. And for me, it's the same way. Like I, I was essentially a walk on NFL player and was mm-hmm. able to stick around, but there's levels you beat. And that, that does coincide with gaming, right? That is our, our lives are kind of like video games. So for us, it doesn't seem as far of a cry 
to the transition as people think. Mm-hmm. You know, it's about going into a process, learning everything you need to learn, not being entitled, starting from ground zero and stacking the pieces together. And I think that's what Troy and I do well. Yeah. And one last thing to add that yeah. I really quickly, Hawk and I always talk about this is this idea of like, we're not afraid of no, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. or not yet. Or, I mean, we just really, we don't take no for an answer. So if someone <laughs> tells us like, hey, this is what we need to see in order to get this deal done or to, you know, we want the game to do X. We take that information and immediately, like we said, it's, is it hard or is it impossible? It's kind of Hawk saying, mm-hmm. and, if it's, and if it's just hard, we're going to hundred percent go after it and try to make it happen. So, you know, when we think about the tall task of bringing the NFL to, to VR, or even trying to make, you know, VR ubiquitous and being mm-hmm. one of the, uh, the main content providers that leads to that, that goal, right? Like, I think that that's something that we stand tall against. And, and again, definitely testament to just athlete mindset, sensibilities gained throughout our careers. And then, you know, increasingly athletes and former athletes have just seen sort of where the gaming industry is going. There's a lot of opportunity here, but a lot have, you know, sort of dipped one toe in, right? So either being an advisor or, you know, being an investor or something along those lines, whereas you guys obviously like went all in, you said, hey, we're starting a company. So why did you take that route? And I guess what gave you the confidence to take the route of, hey, we're going all in versus, you know, let me just you know, drop a few dollars here, see what happens. You know what? I think it's what Troy just said, mm-hmm. the impossible or hard conversation. Yeah. Like when we have a decision to make, we literally talk and say, yo, is this, is this very hard or is it impossible? Because mm-hmm. neither one of us, and I think this is a testament to both of us and Troy specifically, because I haven't met a lot of people that have that same mindset as me. Mm-hmm. We get excited about things being very hard yeah. because we don't see how hard it is because time you know, we work all day. That's just mm-hmm. who we are. It's who we's all, we've always been. It's the biggest opportunity when it's very hard. And so to your point, we want to go into gaming and it was, man, we felt like we had a, something to offer that hasn't been there. And and that was an important thing because mm-hmm. there's because there's no one like us there. We That doesn't scare us. That creates the opportunity. Right. That means there's no one there that has been able to explain exactly what it looks like on an NFL field who can look at the headset, look mm-hmm. at the experience and say, this is not the same as it is. Yeah. It needs better work. Or this is great. This is exactly what it feels like. I've never experienced something outside of the field that looks like that. Mm-hmm. Troy is a division one quarterback. I can't tell you the value for our game that we have from Troy being in there and mm-hmm. literally saying, yo, the throwing needs to go here. It needs to start this way. The perspective needs to change that way. And we understood that. And I think that that was the, the biggest thing for us is that, we seen as an area where there was an opportunity and there was no one like us there. And, you know, we go big or go home. It's, it's kind of how we always viewed it. Try to yeah, if you have Hawk anything then. Yeah, Hawk hit it on the head. I think the other thing that I'll add to that really is just the technology really lends to people who have had the experience that they're trying to convey through that content, right? So mm-hmm. obviously VR, it's immersive, it's interactive. So this idea of showing someone or giving someone an experience they haven't had you know, when I think about it, I don't think there's anyone that could be better suited to do that than former mm-hmm. actors, independent of it being us or, or not, right? Just because ultimately you're trying to extract the most authentic, but then the fun parts of it as well. And that can be very challenging if you haven't really been in that position to know which parts are actually enjoyable mm-hmm. and which parts are not, right? So to Hawk's point, getting into the weeds of every small detail that is like a fun fact that you, know, you would only know if you're an athlete has yeah. been your role. I think you see that immediately when you try the game, not to spoil it with anyone, but I think mm-hmm. 
know, that experience from when you your your first time user experience kind of lends to that. And it's something that we want to do with all of our products, just to tell that story to make sure that if you play the sport that we're starting with, obviously with the NFL, but if you play a sport and there's a product that was created by Status Pro, mm -hmm. it's going to have the subject matter experts' hands in the weeds to make sure that the best parts of it are being shared with the with the masses. Okay, and then let me ask you guys a skeptical question, right? So you've talked a lot about authenticity. How do you think about the right balance between making an experience that's authentic and, you know, it's catered towards folks who actually play football or, you know, can throw football versus the accessibility, right? There's some people, you know, like myself, not, not the greatest athlete. You know, I played soccer, haven't thrown many footballs in, in my day, <laughs> right? So how do you think about that balance, right, in reaching the mass market? Yes, I think that I'll kick it off and then pass it to Hawk. I think that's where what we mean when we say like the most fun parts of it, right? The, the cool experiences that no matter if you're an athlete or not, you'll appreciate, right? No matter if you follow football or not, you know, whether because you, you're a music fan or whatever, yeah. a stadium full of people and you're in a centerpiece and the, the, the main focus point of that, it's an experience that many of us don't have, less than 1%, right? So yeah. finally being able to put someone in the shoes of an NFL stadium and let them stand on the 50 yard line and just see what that feels like. I don't care if you're a hardcore sports fan or not, you're going yeah. to think oh, that's, pretty, that's pretty awesome, right? So again, it's just lending lending to the, the benefits of the technology, but but really, like you said, thinking about the fun parts and the parts that people haven't experienced that mm -hmm. make them feel something new that we we drill into. And I think we've done a good job of that. And I think we'll, as we get feedback and continue to ideate on a product and update the product, you'll see that even more, right? Like what, mm -hmm. are, the, what are the experiences that will make any human being feel something. And the one that we always point to is that stadium experience. Mm -hmm. That's something that, you know, you haven't been to a football game, you've probably been to a concert, right? Or you yeah. probably play. So like, that's just something that we felt would register, but I'll, I'll pass the ball. Yeah, we want to extract the fun. We want to extract the fun. We want the experience to feel as authentic as possible. And what we mean experience, we mean everything around the game, right? If we made this game as authentic as possible, it would probably come with a haptic suit. And every time you get hit, you would feel what it really felt like to get hit by an NFL linebacker. And I can promise you, Chris, you wouldn't play, <laughs> right? And so yeah. what we want to do is like, hey, what are the memorable moments for you, Troy? Man, we love running out of the tunnel. That was an incredible experience yeah. to run out of a tunnel to 70,000 screaming fans. So we want to put that in the game. Yeah. We want people to experience that. But in the game, yes, we actually we want it to be fun. We want you to, to feel like you can throw the ball like, like Tom Brady. We slow mm -hmm. it down a little bit and we make yeah. sure that we have that because it is, it, it makes you feel like you can do it like the best guys. Guitar mm -hmm. hero. I can't play guitar <laughs> to save my life, right? right? But it is fun to go through there and you feel like you're actually doing what the rock stars do. That's yeah. what we want to do with NFL Pro Air. Got it. And then are you guys gamers yourselves? And if so, what are some of the games that you guys like to play? You're a professional, so I'm going I'm to uh, <laughs> say I'm not a gamer if, if by your standard. <laughs> uh, but... No, I, th I mean, I think sports games has always been my, yeah. my too. When I was younger, I was heavy Smash Brothers as well, okay. you know, games like that. But but nowadays, you know, I, I usually stick with the sports games. Yeah. And, and, and it's kind of, it's work, but it's also fun and, and it's cool to still play. And, you know, you got your friends that play that's in the game, you know, try to try to enjoy that when I have the time to. But now that, that we're definitely counts. our own, we don't get too much time. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah I think, I, you know, this is always a tough question for, for Troy and I, because I don't think we like, call ourselves gamers yeah. right but i think that's just out of respect and reverence for the people <laughs> yeah. like you in the in the community because yeah. we have played video games our entire life yeah, yeah. We're, we're athletes so you as you would imagine we've always gravitated to sports games yeah. we played madden 
our entire lives. Yeah. NBA Live, uh, NBA 2K, NHL Live, any sports game, FIFA, yeah. like since we've been kids. So technically, yes, we've been playing games our whole lives. I think fighting games are another, you know, Mortal Kombat 2 yeah. was a big one for me. Tekken 3 was probably my favorite fighting game. You know, middle school, we were really big into 007. That was mm -hmm. huge. High school, we did a lot of Halo. I was always the worst one, clearly. <laughs> I'll tell you that now. We played it a lot yeah. like, all the downtime. So I think that does make, you know, maybe not by today's standards, but we had football practice, so we could only do so yeah. much. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I actually agree with you guys. I think sports games and, like, more casual games, especially as the industry is changing, right? Like, mm -hmm. there are, you know, middle-aged moms, you know, shout out to middle-aged moms who, shout you know, spend... Mom. Spent a lot of time playing Candy Crush. You know, they're on mm -hmm. level, you know, I don't know, 3,000. And you yeah. ask them if they're gamers and they say no, right? <laughs> but like they spend right. more time gaming than a lot of other people, right? So gaming is just something that is is constantly evolving. But you guys are definitely gamers for sure. Yeah. By, by that All right. I heard a fun fact. I don't know if you know this, because I'm sure you do. Sure. But we're at an NFL kickoff mm -hmm. and the NFL was just talking about just gaming. And they said gaming is bigger than motion picture and music combined. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, it just really puts into perspective to your point yeah. how some people will casual game and not associate themselves as, oh, I'm not a gamer, but they play solitaire or Candy Crush. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's like, you're technically gaming, yeah. right? <laughs> so, sure. so, uh, so that is a good point. Yeah. Okay. So then going back to the networking side of things, right? So again, you guys are, are in a really unique position coming from where you guys come from. And you know, one way that this is evidence, right, is for pro era, you guys actually got Oculus, Sony, and the NFL, right, all to to buy in, right? And partnering with any of these organizations, obviously, is like a huge feat. To get them all, you know, puts you in a position that no one else really is in as far as your competitors. And mm -hmm. so how are you guys actually able to get all of these stakeholders to come to the table? Yeah, I think it started with just Hawk and I really being intentional about defining what our vision is, mm -hmm. right? And I think, you know, we're not... The first people in the world to, and the only people in the world to ever think of, oh, the NFL on VR would be great. Right, right. You know, we're not as much as we would love to take the credit for it. We're, <laughs> we're aware that there are other people that probably had that thought. Mm -hmm. But I think the difference about us or the advantage that we had was we were naive enough, I guess, to think of, OK, well, what would it actually look like yeah. if someone mm -hmm. were to pull this off? Right. Who would they need to talk to? Where where are the KPIs? What are the, the areas of interest for mm -hmm. entities like the NFL, NFLPA, Sony and Meta? And we were just intentional about, to his point, knowing it would be hard, but going to gather the information to figure out if we could be the ones to pull it off. So mm -hmm. we had conversations with the NFL, with the NFLPA. We went and sat and met with Meta pre-COVID, you know, in the, at their headquarters to speak with them about what we were thinking. And I think where we landed was, any, if we can build a product that delivers, or a prototype that delivers on the vision that Hawk and I had, we had a shot. So it was finding other people with similar sensibilities that were subject matter experts in gaming, which we were able to do and really drilling into what a good prototype would look like. And to the point what we alluded to earlier, once we put the headset on the NFL, the NFLPA, Meta and Sony, they immediately saw the vision and said, well, yeah, you guys don't come from this, but you guys have been the only people to get it to this point and bring a product to us that could really show what it could be like. Mm -hmm. And we're willing to, to take the bet. So it really just comes down to just being able to put in the work to go figure out, okay, what is what does this opportunity look like for each party? And then understanding how we needed to execute, keeping in mind the KPIs of each entity. And I just think that, again, it's just a testament to our partnership as co-founders, but then also the team and people we've been able to put together at Status Pro.
Awesome. And then, you know, the VR market itself, there's like a running joke, you know, VR mass adoption has been three years away, you know, for the last 15 years, right? You know, we still don't see like mass, mass adoption. Obviously the, the numbers and the data is starting to move in the right direction now. But, you know, looking back maybe five to seven years ago, there was a rush of investment dollars going into the space. And then there hasn't been tons and tons to show, you know, from, from that money that rushed into the space, right? But either way, you guys still saw this as an attractive opportunity to go after. And so what gave you guys the conviction to go after the VR market? And I guess, how do you guys think about just the size of the market and the timing and mass adoption and those sorts of things? Yeah, that's a great question. I think this is where the benefit of us being football players helps, mm -hmm. right? Because I don't know if you know anything about an NFL fan, but you can't really define them mm -hmm. because it spans across every socioeconomic background, every gender, every age range from, you know, my four-year-old niece mm -hmm. to my 85-year-old great uncle. Mm -hmm. They all love NFL football. And so us being football players, I think we understood like, hey, if we're going to do this, Let's try to do it in a way where we can not only take advantage of the TAM that is VR, but also we want to bring people to the platform. We want to be the one to, you know, drive people to it. I believe the statistic is 75 of the top 100 shows in a year are NFL football games. And so if, you know, we can bring an experience that people enjoy in a product, it starts there with the development and we can figure out a way to socialize this game and amplify and market it in a way that maybe it doesn't feel like we're just a small indie startup group, which we are. That's, mm -hmm. you know, people have been asking a lot of questions about that. We are a very small company, but if we can do that, we thought we had a chance. And I think we're still in the midst of that experiment, but the early indication is that it's gone, it's gone well. And we just have to kind of continue to do that. And we know it's a, it's an always on process, but for Troy and I, and I'll let him talk as well. Mm -hmm. I try to go into things like if I see something in the time where it's now, and then everybody rushes in, you're too late. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to anticipate. You have to look at things and processes and systems to say, here's where it was. Here's where it's at now. And you got to be able to basically collect that data and figure out what the next step is. And I think for Troy and I, those were conversations that we had late nights on a daily basis mm -hmm. of, man, five to seven years ago, everybody was rushing in. Here's the problems and why we think it didn't work. Mm -hmm. Here's where it's at now. And we have this IP that we're tracking down and trying to get that we think if we can, you know, ignite something that, you know, maybe, maybe we are one of the companies that people point to and say, man, this is the time when it started to scale beyond people who were VR enthusiasts into the mainstream. And that's, that has been the early in indication that we, we've gotten from our product is people are like, man, this is pretty cool. I didn't know VR had this kind of content. So now we're hoping that that drives into, you know, actual sales. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just to add to that, one thing we also just talk about is whenever looking at emerging tech, you know, the use case and the why has to be there. And I think with VR specifically, you know, sports fans will just drill into that. I think figuring out a way to enhance the way in which they interact with sports or use sports was has always been the goal, right? Like, so we thought, okay, in order to, for sports fans that want to use VR, you have to give them something that they don't get today when they're sitting down to watch a game rather that be at home, you know, on their couch or at a bar or in stadium, right? And when you talk about just being in the player's shoes and actually seeing what that experience is like, that's something that new. And I think Hawk and I are firm believers that if we could provide that type of use case with the new technology that is AR, VR, then we can play our role in starting to make it go ubiquitous. 
and that comes from being fans number one obviously we were athletes but we both mm -hmm. love football I think that's a big part of it too like we drill into who we are as fans and what we want to see and then obviously just the, the playing experience because it's like athletes want to be able to tell their stories you obviously see that every time you turn on ESPN or any other sports network what does it look like to show what it's like when you're actually on those fields and we felt like the technology lent perfectly for that so when everyone anyone asks that question I always say like we genuinely believe that this can enhance the sports experience for for fans everywhere and in every sport and that played a big role into why we were willing to put our all into seeing it through mm -hmm. and you know you talked about this a bit right but vr offers a lot of unique benefits right and so you know one thing actually that you guys have mentioned that i really agree with you on is just the feeling of being in the stadium in game is actually quite incredible you know it's mm -hmm. completely different from like playing madden for example but, you know, there are also some challenges with VR, right? So what are some of the challenges that you guys had to either face or consider given the fact that you're building a game for VR? Yeah. I'll give a quick one. It's that you really don't understand it until you put the headset on, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so it's one of those things, to your point, the experience is amazing, yeah. but it's hard to convey on a flat screen or mm -hmm. on Twitter or on Instagram. Like, you might think, oh, that looks cool. And it doesn't matter what you think, almost, every, I'm talking about 99% of the time, if you think something just looks, whether it's good, decent, or mm -hmm. bad, when you put the headset on, automatically, your opinion goes up. Mm -hmm. And that's hard to scale until more headsets are right. market, right? And so that's always been one thing that we've always tried to talk about and work on is like, how do we convey this without having to go put the headset on every single person? Yeah. I think we've done a good job in marketing, but it's something that we'll continue to kind of troubleshoot and work on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And to that point, it kind of goes hand in hand with that. We're building these this product on a mobile device, right? And not only mm -hmm. is it on, you know, the processing of a mobile device, essentially, you're limited with people just having to adjust to VR who have never tried it before. Yeah. Like VR legs, right? So, for example, you'll see a lot of feedback now, which we love and invite around. Mm -hmm. Oh, can I play receiver, Hawk? Or yeah. That's and I think that's amazing. And trust me, Hawk and I want people to play receiver or defense. Our vision is for you to play, have your own virtual team and go mm -hmm. up against uh, your friend's virtual team. But if you never played VR before, I guarantee you that you don't want your first experience to be you running <laughs> a route, right? <Yeah. laughs> so, and it's not because, you know, the technology isn't fully capable, but it's about just making sure that, you know, when technology is just new, you give someone a starting point that's easy to digest to where they can enjoy mm -hmm. the fun immediately. And I think quarterback wins that, you know, perfectly. And I think the difficult part is knowing that we have this stuff in the pipeline and we want to give it to you, but you can't socialize what is VR to everyone at right. once, see those that type of feedback. And you're like, of course we want to do that, man, but we just, it takes time, <laughs> right? So I think for me, I would say that's the most challenging thing because we, we're definitely not short of ideas, but we are, you know, we're growing with the technology. And I think, you know, that just takes time. And it's making sure our community and our audience knows that and that we convey that in the right way. It's, it's so funny that you brought that up, actually, because you, you read my mind. That actually is where my next question is going to be, right? So obviously <laughs> the initial experience is, is for QB. And I think, you know, there are a lot of reasons why that makes sense. I think in some ways people see the quarterback as like the main character of the football game. Right. And mm -hmm. it's also just like an experience that pretty clearly translates. Right. But ultimately there's going to be folks that want to play other positions. And so as you just think about expanding NFL pro era specifically, we can talk about other sports in a little bit, but do you see these as, you know, if you're adding wide receiver or running back or whatever, do you see these as additional games or maybe like downloadable content for the same game or have you not thought that far yet? 
Yeah, we've had broad conversations about it. I think given the fact that the technology and the platform is still emerging, we're going to try to keep a broad perspective mm -hmm. on how we go about it. You will see a new pro era next year. We know that for a fact, but I do think that we're open-minded to change, changing that cadence. We don't mm -hmm. have to be like traditional sports platform, you know, games that come out annually. Yeah. I think in gaming now you see so many different, you know, free-to-play models, subscription models, DLC. So we're, we're, we're trying to explore what, what makes the most sense for us. But this is something that, you know, will be around for a while and something that we'll continue to push and update. But as far as where we land on the cadence of that, whether it's an annual release or that becomes a subscription, Hawk and I have those conversations every day. And I think the time really, it comes down to the platform and what does the spending habits become? Yeah. You know, we still have to let it establish before we make that decision prematurely. Mm -hmm. And then, so I guess kind of another follow-up question, right? So in VR today, you still see a lot of titles using, you know, it's called the premium business model. So you pay some amount of money up front and you have access to the experience. In mobile for a long time now, free-to-play has been the predominant business model. In console and PC, we're starting to see a shift. There still is obviously a ton of premium games, including, you know, Madden and some of the other sports games out there. But increasingly, you're seeing free-to-play being considered. So I'm just curious to hear your thoughts on that, both for pro era and then just for VR in general. Yeah, I think piggybacking off what Troy said, I mean, we're, you know, we're letting the, the market kind of dictate where and how yeah. we take things from here. You know, we make our best guess decisions based on how we see things and the benefit of it. One thing that I, I know, and it does correlate to the other questions about like, you know, our backgrounds as football players. Yes, it's a game, but we, I mean, I, I, I want to continue to drill in on it because it's us trying to storytell and convey an experience. And, you know, as someone who's put it on, I think you can assess it is an yeah. experience. Mm -hmm. And I think as a people, you pay for experiences, mm -hmm. right? And so there is this middle ground that VR provides between, you know, console and like real, real IRL experiences. Yeah this digital world that you're blending, mm -hmm. you know, so that's kind of how we viewed it. But again, to Troy's point in this market where there hasn't been a premium sports league to do a simulation game in VR, we're the first. Yeah. So there is no blueprint. So we're kind of building the, the airplane while we're in the air. Mm -hmm. uh, but the beauty of it is our strategy has always been to let the community develop, let the community give us feedback. And just like any athlete will adjust in real time, right. To, to give the, the best output. Hmm. And then, you know, you guys are fortunate to have some, you know, great institutional investors, but also some pretty incredible individual investors, right? LeBron James, who, you know, everyone knows needs an introduction, uh, Naomi Osaka on the tennis side as well, as well as other athletes. And so just as you think about the future of the company, you know, could basketball or tennis or some of these other sports be in status pro's future? Yeah, I think absolutely. I think for us, again, when I mentioned Hawk and I drilling into the vision, it was just around how do we obviously start with the sport that we're subject matter experts mm -hmm. in, which is football, and then ultimately build a company that other people fall in love and, and want to take that experience that we built and created for football and replicate across multiple sports. And I think our goal and ambitions is to be the ones that provide that, right? So yeah, I mean, I think that you you will definitely see other sports from Status Pro and you know, in which order and when, obviously we're, we're still focused right. on our pro era and trying mm -hmm. to make sure we get that right. But, you know, we're, we're here to stay and, and we want to be able to really be seen as the leader and define the space and build a nice community around it to enhance the overall experience of sports. And that includes other things outside of the NFL for sure. Awesome. And then, you know, there's a lot of buzz around this whole metaverse, 
word, you know, it's, you can't read anything on the internet without <laughs> reading the word metaverse. And, you know, in, in pro era, you know, there's opportunities for folks to walk around in game, you know, just kind of explore the world a little bit. And so I guess, how do you think about this metaverse concept? Do you think like a sports metaverse is something that you guys are thinking about or building towards, or are you guys really more focused on like individual game experiences? Or I guess, you know, is it, does it just kind of depend on, you know, what the audience wants and where the, what, what the future holds? I would say of those three, it would be three. I would also kick it back to you and tell me like, what, what is your definition of a metaverse? Because <laughs> that's, that's the big question for me is like, what is it, you know? That's a great question. So I have very strategically avoided defining metaverse in any of my podcasts. In fact, I've asked guests many times to define the metaverse. I haven't defined it myself. I can say what folks today probably think about when they say the word metaverse in terms of something that is like tangible that's close to something that's out there today it's like a fortnite or a roblox in that there's somewhat of a shared world there's game experiences within this larger world there's stuff to do outside of the game experiences you can communicate with people you know there's commerce and then there's sort of and 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 a bunch of other things whereas you know what are what do people think the metaverse is like in theory it's probably like too vast to even define right like people have Uh talked about things where you're spending your whole time you know in a vr headset except to eat and then sleep you know and basically like your whole life is is a video game where you you know the whole world is connected you can go to all Mm -hmm. these different worlds that's to me if that ever even happens is you know is decades away i can pretty confidently say that's decades away you know but for now like a metaverse is just like an open place where you can play around with your friends or at least i think that's how people are using it today yeah and i would say that's what we want to build we want we want to make this community that's what sports are that's what we get into it for we want to bring people together troy and i's story alone is us coming together and we kind of build these products with that in mind right now i don't think there's ever a world even whether you're in real life or the metaverse that you should do sports 23 hours a day and only leave the bathroom and eat (laughs) like that's not good for any athletic activity so you know, whatever our slice is of that, I do think that the beauty of it is we want to bring people together. Like mm-hmm. we want to use football to do that. We want to use other sports that we end up getting into. You know, I don't know what Twitter at first, it was, hey, I'm just going to throw my thoughts out there. It is social media, yeah. but it becomes community and it becomes mm-hmm. micro communities. And, you know, the people that I interact with on Twitter, we interact around literally every topic throughout the day. So yeah. while you think it's some app, it's really us going on there and having conversations anytime something new sparks up. And so mm-hmm. I think, for ours, from, from my lens, and I'll let Troy, you know, piggyback off of this, I think, yeah, it's going to be a goal of ours to bring people together and use, use sports and specifically the game of football in NFL pro area to do so. Mm-hmm. Now, I agree with Hawk. You know, any way in which we can grow fandom and give people experiences to get closer to the sports that they love and enjoy, that's what we're going to pursue. And obviously, in order to do that, you need community, you need people coming together, because that's what it sports is. I mean, um, and you've already seen that, like the social yeah. content of people sharing it online and talking about their team and talking about how cool it is to see someone having that experience or controlling it. I mean, that community is already starting to get going for us. So, you know, that's going to play a major role. For sure. And then this is another random theoretical question that I thought, right? But as you expand to different positions, have you even thought about things like letting someone be a coach or a team owner or anything like that? Because I think those are experiences that Right. I mean, there's tons and tons of people out there. People are in a different shit. You know, I'm sure someone would mm-hmm. want to be a coach 
or something else. So is that something that you've thought of? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, we, we, I mean, literally the, we'd be hard pressed to say something that we haven't thought of, yeah. discussed at length, figured out, talked about how this could come, come about. What we tried to do is we tried to distill it down to the foundation, which is, mm -hmm. you know, when you play NFL pro era, everybody's mind goes crazy that same way. You can yeah. do this, what about that? Yeah. About and that's what we wanted because yeah. it's like, let's give them the base, show them the vision, and then let them kind of dictate where to go next and basically, you know, slowly roll this out yeah. um, in a way that's digestible. And we think that's the, the best path to making this ubiquitous. Mm -hmm. yeah. That's the Hawks point. It's no blueprint, right? So mm. we've obviously, you know, Status Pro as a company has, we've done our best to give the fans what we think that they want. But now that we get a chance to hear, you know, what they have to say and, and what they think about the experience, you know, to stick around, we have to provide that, right? And we we don't think we have all the answers. So we invite the feedback um, when it's something we're excited about, such a Hawks point. The other positions probably will more than likely come from what we feel is the demand is, but then also what yeah. fits the, the progress of the technology as well. So it's obviously a lot of different variables, but feedback and community is definitely the highest. Got it. Okay. I have one quick question and then a couple just to wrap it up. So for each of you guys, what's your favorite thing to do right now in pro era? <laughs> Probably had the same answer. So I'm gonna go first. <laughs> two minute drill. That's <laughs> some old called uh, two minute drill. You know, it's look, you're the offense. Shotgun, all pass plays, a few run plays, but I'm mm -hmm. a former quarterback. So obviously I just like sitting back and, and trying to throw dimes all day. Got to score as many touchdowns as you can in two minutes. And I absolutely will put this out there. There's no one who's going to have a higher score than me. <laughs> uh, the podcast that they the challenge. Uh, tell them to send you the scores and then I can just make sure I just always up it. <laughs> they ask me mine. No, nah, that's definitely my favorite. So yeah, that's my favorite as well. I yeah. think Troy have a competitive. It has a leaderboard, right? So we can get to do it and then match ourselves up against other people that are playing the game. It's in this version where you, you know, the pressure is on, it's high, high volume, high intense. That that's really our wheelhouse. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Okay. So I want to just quickly turn to a bit of a more, you know, serious topic, but I think it's an important one, right? So the gaming industry, just like tech you know, has sort of struggled with diversity. It's just always been a challenge. You know, there's been things to sort of improve it, but, you know, it just is, it is what it is. So I'm just curious, have you guys thought about, you know, what it means to be, you know, both Black founders within gaming and, you know, what that impact is outside of just building a game and like influencing folks and all that? I think we think about it every day. I'll be lying if I work, you know, saying that that's a big part of, you know, how we, the mission and, and vision we have for the company, you know, obviously we talk about our experience as athletes a lot, but it's, it's two black men who, who always had to work hard and were underdogs throughout our athletic careers and then transition yeah. to an industry that where it's not many of us. I think that the goal is to be able to expand that. And, um, you know, for me personally, and I let Hawk say his piece, you know, it's the reason why we work on this 24 seven. It's the reason why we, we put so much into it because it's not lost on me that if I don't do my part, in this partnership with Hawk, I could squander the opportunity for the next Troy Jones right. or the next guy who's working hard, who wants to do a deal with Meta, Sony, the NFL, or any of these other partners, right? It is the unfortunate truth and reality. And it's the reason why, you know, even outside of our own personal ambitions and goals, we want to build a company that reflects the way the society looks. We always talk about, we want it with the locker room feel, because in football, you get it people from a bunch of different backgrounds that come together for a common goal. And we look at status pros the same way. So that's important to us. And it's something that's a non-negotiable for us. And when mm -hmm. we tell people when 
you know, when, when they're joining a company, like, hey, this is what's important for us. And, and to make change in this space, we have to be intentional. And that's that's just who we are. So I would, I would say definitely, you know, isn't lost on us the impact that we could have. And it's something that we make sure we keep top of mind mm -hmm. in every decision that we make. Yeah, that I mean, Troy nailed it, man. We try to be uh, good stewards of the opportunity. And, you know, I mentioned earlier that there's people that think we're a big studio because we have very valuable IP and we had big partners and yeah. the game looks good and the marketing looks great. And we are a very small team and getting status pro to where it is now in the three years that we have it mm -hmm. has been four or five times as hard as anything <laughs> we've accomplished in football, right? But to Troy's point, it's because it's that important to us. Yeah. Like our goal is to be the most diverse gaming company in the world that's a goal that we set out when it was literally just troy and i mm -hmm. two employees who weren't paying ourselves trying to figure this thing out like we set our non-negotiables and that was one of them because you know a locker room does reflect every society and that's what sports brings and that's why we were very excited to bring this through the lens of sports because it does unite everybody mm -hmm. and we're hoping that our company can reflect that as well and that if we do have success and people do like peek behind the curtain and see that, you know, we are doing the work that a, a much, much larger company with a lot more employees or resources typically would do that people would say like, hey, you know, maybe we should be more diverse. Maybe we should hire more women. Maybe we should more hire more, you know, people of color, you know, Asian, Hispanic, you name it, and really have this melting pot as a company. So it's, it's very important. And you know, you know, we have our work cut out for us to to be successful to hopefully create that blueprint. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And then just one more. It's probably somewhat of a follow up, but just as a concluding question, what do you guys ultimately want Status Pro to look like in the future? You know, is it the EA of VR? Is it something bigger? Is it something different altogether? How do you guys think about mm -hmm. that? And what do you guys personally want to accomplish as well? Yeah, it's a good question. I think Status Pro. I just wanted to reach its full potential. It may mm -hmm. seem like a cliche answer, but I just think that this market and this opportunity is so big that if we, I mean, we talk and I talk about it every day. If we do everything that's ever crossed our mind, we could be one of the largest companies in the world, right? Yeah. I think for, 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 for me, as far as a company, it's just taking it as far as we can as, as co-founders, as the executives in the company and um, helping it reach its full potential. And to do that, I think it comes down to making the right decisions. Hawk and I can tell you in and just put the company first even though that seems like cliche and pretty straightforward, it's it's not because you have to always think out of the vein of what's best for the company and not yourself personally, right? So to your point, you can't you can't mix that up. And yeah. I think those are two very different things. How can I make decisions every day that we personally may not think is the you know what we would want to do, but it's in the best interest of the company mm -hmm. so we do that. So I would say that company goal is to reach its full potential because I, us as co-founders and our executive team and our employees always keep status pro first and it's customers first. Personally, my goal is, I would say to one day have it to where when people experience sports for the first time, it's through status pros products, mm -hmm. right? So this world where, you know, instead of a four-year-old, five-year-old signing up for, you know, a soccer team where his parents may have to spend money and they don't, they don't like it. They could just put on a headset and say, Hey, this seems pretty fun. Yeah. And that's their introduction to the sport. And before they go out and actually do it, I think mm -hmm. if we get to that point, that means technology is doing well. That means mm -hmm. the products are doing well. And it's mm -hmm. something that will allow us to touch that consumer throughout throughout their lifetime. And I think that's impactful. And it's the way that Apple products does, right? Like a kid's mm -hmm. giving a tablet now at what age? So now they're yeah, that's crazy, products. man. Like, you know, they're gonna they're gonna literally be dependent upon this. And I think that would be the impact that I would personally like us to do mm -hmm. you know, for sports.
Not that mm-hmm. hard. I mean, everything Troy said, um, <laughs> literally. Yeah. The only thing that I would add is just this being a, a, a company that everybody is proud to work for. And I want to use this opportunity around that to just give a shout out to our team because mm-hmm. like I said early in the process, like a receiver can't be good without a quarterback. Right. A quarterback can't be good without a receiver. There is a ton of other positions that neither one of those guys, no matter how good they are, yeah. they can't be good either. And that's what we have in our team. And we have a incredible team that, you know, as you would imagine, as Troy and I were kind of preaching this gospel, the questions were like, how do we know you guys can build this? Mm-hmm. You're not engineers, you're not coders. Yes, you have the vision. Yes, you might pattern yourselves technologists in some respects and there's an experience benefit but who are the people and that's where we've really shown and proved who we can be because the people that we have have been incredible they have punched above their weight class Mm -hmm. they have put incredible work and they come from incredible backgrounds and when we task them with things that seem very hard but to some people seem impossible they don't bat an eye they Mm -hmm. just get it done and we're all in the foxhole together and it's been a beautiful part of the process to you know, stress together, be up late together, be up early, you know, bicker back and forth about what's best and what's not. And to the result, be the product that we've been able to come out with and people receive it and and, and really be excited about it. So shout out, shout out to the entire status mm-hmm. pro team. Yep. For sure. Awesome. Very well put. I will be following along both as a player and, you know, just as a, as a fan as well. But thanks for taking the time, guys. This was great. We appreciate you, Chris.